Welcome to Career Tools. Today's topic, Resume Update 2010, Part 1. Here we go. You know, Mark, in the last two years, we've um, produced a cast updating our resume advice, and it just wouldn't seem right not to do it for 2010 because, of <laughs> course, people don't need resumes this year because the economy and the job market in particular is so flipping good, right? <laughs> <laughs> Why would they want to listen to this? Right. Hey, look, everyone knows we have a bit of a countercultural standard regarding resumes, but the fact is we need to always be thinking about our core career marketing document because resume and hiring trends are always changing. The focus on what you've done and how well you've done it. I mean, I, I can't say that often enough, right? What you've done and how well you've done it is what hiring people want to see. Okay. But the trends around those things, how they're presented, how interviews might be changing, how, how uh, recruiters are looking at things and thinking about things, those are always changing. And we want you to be both aware of the trends and what they mean and how to adapt your resume or, or even more broadly, in some cases, your search so that you're aware of them. So we have four recommendations this year. Um, the first one is we want to, we want to recommend you conduct your job hunt strategically. It's, um, surprising to us a little bit. We oughtn't be surprised, but we, we are surprised about how people aren't thinking about updating their resume and so on. Um, so we're going to talk about how to think differently about job search sites and so on. And we're going to mention LinkedIn. Hopefully people know that we're fans of LinkedIn if you've listened to that cast. So we're going to make some recommendations about thinking differently about your job hunt in light of the market. Uh, point two, we do not recommend video resumes. Oh, please, no. Um, I'm begging you, no. Oh, dear, no, 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 no. Third point is there's a real trend, thanks to LinkedIn, thanks to the internet, thanks to, uh, internet's all right, thanks to the profusion of tools that are available to disintermediate the market. We want you to react to the direct sourcing trend. Disintermediation is the elimination of the middleman. And many more companies want to see and hear from people directly. So we're going to recommend you look at company websites. You've got to be on LinkedIn. And your network, hopefully everybody's been working on it, your network is more important than ever. And I'm sure it sounds terribly self-serving, but it, it's proven again this year, you've got to reduce your multi-page resume down to one page. With the number of people looking, at least in the, in the U.S., and I would think in, in Western Europe as well, uh, the number of people looking for jobs, the recruiters are not spending more time in their first look at a resume. They're spending less time. Good. Now, our first point is conduct your job hunt strategically. Now, why is that so important today versus a year or two years ago? What's what's changed? Okay, so so look, this cast will come out in the middle of 2010, right? There's news afoot that the recession is over and prosperity is coming, but Despite leading indicators getting better, right, the, the economic situation is getting better or, or less worse, depending upon how you want to look at it. 
the employment situation is improving much more slowly. Now, part of this is simply because the employment system, much like the supply chain in the world, has leaned out a great deal, and companies don't do boom and bust hiring as much as they did anymore. And they've learned that sometimes, on some teams, six can do the work of eight, provided the right work is getting done. And there's still, folks, there's still a long way to go in terms of not necessarily the technology, but the but the crispness of thinking regarding how mid to larger companies see and think about how many people they employ. Companies generally talk about total productivity, but individual managers have such enormous impact on that, that I think we've got you know, 50 to 100 years to go to get companies thinking truly strategically about about people as a resource. When I think about what's happened to the supply chain in the world and how tight it is and how quickly it can respond to fairly small variations in supply and demand factors, and then I compare the talent management, the talent pipeline to it. I I just laugh. I mean, it's literally dark ages stuff. There were so many problems in industry in terms of hiring in in 08 and 09. Really, there's going to have to be some much more dramatic change to get us back to the employment levels of, say, 06 or 07. And that change isn't happening yet. Companies made pretty deep cuts to get through the tough times. And I think to some degree, I know this is hard to hear, but I think rightfully so, I generally don't agree with what articles say that companies cut too deep and now everybody who's there is is, is stressed out and nobody's happy and they're thinking about quitting. I'm sorry, that's not right. I, I certainly agree that that is true. I think we as managers have an opportunity to change that by saying, look, here are the things we're not going to do. Let's be clear about the things we have to do. And I think if you're saying to yourself right now, but wait, Mark, my manager says I have to keep doing everything. I said, okay, I'm I'm not arguing that you have a bad manager. You do. Your manager doesn't know what's important and what's not. Or if she does, she's not making the choices and helping you decide what's not going to get done. Because if everybody was fully busy before, it's not as if magically everybody can stay fully busy, but more work is going to magically get done. It just doesn't work that way. So the economy is not growing fast enough to get hiring back to normal levels. On the other hand, the lack of or the speed of the recovery is not equal everywhere. It's not a blanket that's rising or falling at the exact same level everywhere. You know, lots of managers now are complaining, despite the market, of not being able to find good staff for, you know, positions like medical staff or engineering staff. We read articles that managers are complaining that the quality of the interviewees is really, really low. But look, in the U.S., the national unemployment rate is almost 10%, but in North Dakota, it was 3.6%. Please, we're not recommending you move to North Dakota, although it's certainly pretty at certain times of the year. But the rate in Nevada is 14%, and it's still rising. Now, on the other hand, people don't realize this, but information on the unemployment rate by industry and down to individual county level in the U.S. is available freely on the Internet through the government. The Bureau of Labor Statistics, BLS, maps employment trends and may not be the most technologically advanced place in the world, but they do a good job of providing detailed data and they predict which jobs are going to be increasing in in, in terms of need in the next 10 years and where those jobs will be. 
Yeah, I wonder how many folks who are out there looking for jobs have gone and looked at that. I mean, it's good data, right? It's pretty accurate data. It's available right. freely. Seems you might want to know that stuff. Yeah, I'll tell you something about that. I think it's a little bit like Horseman's Christmas Rule. It, it happens rarely, but it's important to us, and so it's very stressful. But I think a lot of people underestimate the assumption that they make that I want to stay in the same place. Now, look, folks, we want you to stay in the same place if you want to. If you're close to family, if your spouse has a job, please, we're not saying that you should move or shouldn't move. We're simply saying a lot of people make an assumption, I have to stay. And if they did a broader, more strategic search, they might discover that there's a fabulous place that they would love to live that has all kinds of jobs that are in the industry that they want. And because those places tend to be known, that's how you would find out about it, is that they're known outside of where they are. That means that those people who are hiring there know they're going to be hiring people from elsewhere geographically. And so they're willing to talk to people who aren't in the same location. And by the way, other, other countries do this. It may not be to the same depth. And frankly, most of the trends that are here in the U.S., generally speaking, tend to apply to G20 nations. Look, if you're unemployed right now and you're worried about making your next mortgage payment or paying for food or for your family, you know, you need a job. We understand that. And by the way, don't complicate your job search by doubting yourself or suggesting to yourself privately that, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm not the person I thought I was. It's just false. It's, it's fundamentally false. You're a good person. You need a job and you'll find one. And maybe you'll have to take a step back. That's okay. Every CEO I know got fired at one point in his or her career. But look, your priority right now is to earn money for your family. And folks, there's pride in earning money for your family, regardless of what you're doing. I don't care if you're driving a taxi cab. If you drive a taxi cab in Chicago, you're going to be better just breathing than some of the people we've run into up there lately. Our guidance then for those of you who really need a job to pay bills and so on, which we've said before, take whatever you need, whatever you can get to feed your family. Let's take care of that first, okay? If you're worried, what's going to happen when a company says, why'd you take a step back? Say, look, the market was terrible. I did a search and we didn't have the cushion, the cash cushion we would have liked because we just had a baby or we had just closed on a house. We'd used a bunch of our savings. And then unfortunately I got laid off. And so I needed cash. And so I did what I needed to do. I have to tell you, 75% of, of recruiters are going to say, oh, okay, no problem. They've either been there before or they recognize that you're doing the tactically correct thing, even if it doesn't look great strategically. And if you're good, you're going to catch up to where you were. You don't have to worry about that. We see it all the time. In the medium term, though, everyone need to un needs to understand what's going on and take advantage of the things that are going on now so that it'll help your career long term. And look, steel production has been declining in the U.S. and, for that matter, in Britain for since the 70s. And if you don't know that, then you're not paying attention and thinking, I want to go into the steel business. It's fine if you want to go into the steel business. Just understand there are so few jobs. Your interest in the steel business makes your job search inordinately hard. And those trends are available. And folks, you need to look beyond just you know the gross revenue or the, the product being 
produce. Look at employment trends. Because if you look at manufacturing, for example, you might conclude that, you know, based on manufacturing output, that it's a growing industry, right? Because in fact, manufacturing in the U.S. has never been higher than it is today. Although the job situation is much different because of productivity gains. So you just can't look at the the, the output of the of the sector. You need to look at uh, the employment statistics. Good point. So take advantage of the information that's available. Take a 50,000 foot view. If you're 30, you have 30 to 40 years of employment left. Seriously. The people that were your age in the 70s in the steel industry are hoping that they can cling on to the remnants of the industry until they retire. Don't be like them. If it takes 10 years to retrain to a more sustainable industry or one that you're more interested in, start now. So think strategically, take advantage of the data. We wanted to give a good overview in this cast, but I think we'll be doing more detailed podcasts about the various sources that are out there and how to use them. Part of the reason we've stayed away from that is because some of the sources as technology has been improving, have been changing how they deliver stuff. And we don't want to have to put out three or four casts a year for all the different subtleties that are, that exist in terms of the websites. Uh, but we do want to do a good overview so people will have it. Good. Okay. Now you mentioned a somewhat hazy, vague view of video resumes. Oh, it's not hazy. <laughs> it's crystal clear. Yeah, okay. But I mean, there's been a lot of headlines lately. Yeah, for like the last year. Yeah, but not months. big headlines, right? Not not news headlines, just kind of. No, pretty big headlines. Folks have been talking about video resumes for <laughs> 18 months now, right? And you know, and if you don't know what a video resume is, folks, it's it's a video that you, you make that you get on there and you describe your skills and experience and it takes the place of your normal resume. Now, they're pretty vociferous about this, right? They, they say it gives the company a better idea of your personality, your communication skills, as well as demonstrating your personal brand and, you know, frankly, showing that you're on the cutting, on the cutting edge of things. Right. Now, given where video is going, right, in, in a more broad general sense, right. um, what's wrong with a video resume? It's, it seems like a good way to get your <laughs> face out in front of people. <laughs> I love it when you play the straight guy. Look, we'll put out a podcast in the next couple of months with, with more guidance in depth. But for now, be assured, we don't recommend video resumes. Okay, look, it's funny to me. I, I, I had a conversation with somebody recently about David Letterman and about Jay Leno and about Conan O'Brien, the late night hosts in, in the U.S. And I know there are equivalents in, in many other places. I don't, I don't watch much TV, but, but apparently there was a dust-up recently about The Tonight Show, which is a long-running U.S. TV show that Jay Leno hosted. And, and Yeah, hey, I, I bet Jay Leno would be okay with the video resume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Jay Leno really doesn't need a resume. <laughs> and I had a discussion with this person, and, and he, he said – you know, it's just amazing to me how many great stars they can get on those shows. And I said, well, if there's only a couple of shows, then obviously, you know, those are the key ones you want to get on. He says, yeah, but they always, you know, they're famous people all the time on there. And I said, you understand. I mean, when they have a famous person, when they have an actor or actress on there, what do they talk about? Oh, they talk about their upcoming movie. And I said, yeah, you understand that those shows survive on being public relations vehicles for movie and book and TV and other entertainment and sports celebrities building their personal brand. It's true very much in the news business in print as well. 
what drives print media often is not necessarily reporting oh, I'm reporting that there's a new movie coming out. It's a public relations person sending a thing saying, would you like to interview this person? Because your your listeners, your readers will want to hear about it. And that helps us sell more tickets. It's literally about economics. It's advertising. That's what it is. It's an advertising vehicle. And the idea that the show is fabulous because it, because these great people are on it, or these people want to be on it because it's just, it's just a great show is crazy. It's because it's because they get booked on the show because they're trying to advertise. Well, the same thing's true with these headlines. Print is the same way. The video resume trend is not that big. And there are public relations firms that work for firms that put out video resumes that are calling every single person in every news source everywhere in the country talking about, you know, you should do a story about this. Let me tell you, uh, this other, uh, this other newspaper did this story. Hey, it's on the web. Here's a printout of a recent article at, at this company's website about how important video resumes are. And you read 30 of these and you discover they all have the same catchphrases. They all have the same verbiage. They all have the same parsing of sentences. Why? Because it comes right out of a public relations press release, right? Yep. Um, the noise about how great video resumes are is being made by companies who offer services which will help you to make the video resume. Since they're selling the services, it's in their interest to make it sound as if you're missing out on an opportunity by not having one. Well, you are. You're missing out on an opportunity on looking stupid. Right? <laughs> there is very little noise from high. Here's what I, I, wish, I wish you stopped being so fuzzy about your view on this. Yeah, right. I mean, the, I mean, stupid. look, and I don't. I I hope that doesn't come across as dark mark thinking. Look, everybody tries so hard to soften everything, but if somebody spends hours getting ready for a video resume, and and hopefully we assume it would include a haircut, and then only two people see it. And you could have spent those hours preparing for interviews and digging into your background and doing our general store analogy exercise to really learn about yourself, which is what the interview is about. You know, it's a shame. It's a crying shame. It would be a terrible waste for time to be spent on video resume. So I want to be blunt because I don't want people to waste their time, particularly if they're thinking about feeding their family. Here's the key, folks. There is very little clamor. There's very little noise coming from hiring managers or recruiting departments or HR saying they want video resumes. I know everybody decries the idea that, oh, my resume only gets 30 seconds look or even 15 seconds, right? Which is part of the reason why having more on one page is better and having it really narrowly defined as what I've done and how well I've done it is also better. And HR might say, it'd be great to have more time. I'd love to look at videos. You might have an HR person say, yeah, that'd be great. They're talking in the abstract. The fact is they are to some degree tied to the process of going through a hundred resumes in 20 minutes. You can't go through a hundred video resumes in 20 minutes. You just can't do it, right? Because now you have to listen at the speed that someone else is talking as opposed to learn at the speed you can read yourself, which is always faster than someone else talking. So the process by which your resume gets screened, your printed resume, may be frustrating for some, but it is in fact a core part of how job searches are done. And it's efficient after a fashion, much more efficient than a video resume. And look, further, the average 
hiring manager or HR manager is going to compare any video, whether they like it or not, whether they want to or not, they're going to compare the video of you in a talking head moment with the quality and crispness and production values of the other things they see that look like talking heads, which is network news, which is shot on high definition cameras with special lights, with perfectly coiffed people whose job description includes in part looking good for the camera, having a completely proportional and symmetric face uh, that know how to talk and got voice and diction lessons in order to sound good, right? They're actually worried. HR is worried about the legal issues, about making judgments in five seconds based on how somebody looks. You are not missing opportunities by not joining the trend. If it's a trend, I think it's a fad. Unless, of course, uh, you're, you're missing the opportunity of becoming a TV weather person, right? You know, given the, re the examples we have seen so far, Wendy and I have seen so far, those people who have recorded a video would have had more credibility had they not done so. You better look really good. You better be really good on camera. You better have a very compelling story and it better be done within a minute in order to make a difference. And I have to tell you, that's hard work and the market is terribly small. Didn't I just reuse my dating video? No, no. Never mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did, did I say that out loud? I can't believe I said that. E-harmony or whatever. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Folks, Mike is making a joke. He's happily married to Sean for years and years and years and years. Uh, he's making a joke about video, not about his job sat status or I, I, status. I would hope at some point that people would get my sense of humor, but maybe not. This is what I live to do. Explain your jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just stop saying Lord knows mine need explaining sometimes. Thanks, everyone. That's it for this week. We'll conclude this show next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.